on this episode of the 2x e-commerce podcast show, I'm going to be talking about a new e-commerce and online retail focused blockchain protocol. Do stay tuned. Well, well, welcome to 2x e-commerce, the e-commerce marketing growth podcast where you ask questions and I, Kinate, answers them. Also here from proven marketing growth experts who are number one or number two in specialist areas of online retail marketing. So if you work in or own an online retail business, listen in, get involved, join me and let's put some fuel to skyrocket your e-commerce growth. So the inbound marketing strategy is how you beat Amazon. Natural search and our search engine position is critical to the customer flow through the website. I personally would not have an account process interrupt checkout flow at all. My favorite customer lifetime value calculation is an easy one. It's your average order value times that purchase frequency times uh, your customer lifespan. I'm Kune Campbell. Let's get rolling. This episode is brought to you by Clavio. It is a game-changing email automation tool specifically built for scaling e-commerce businesses. I'm not just saying it. I use Clavio in my e-commerce store and in stores I advise for. Household names in the e-commerce space such as Brooklyn Inn, Bonobos, and Chobis use Clavio. Here's why. Clavio has one of the most impressive feature sets in the e-commerce email personalization space at the moment. Besides the one-click setup, Clavio's Pixel tracks visitor behavior to help you set up highly effective custom email funnels. Clavio also offers pre-built autoresponders for cart abandonment, upsells, and win-back campaigns. Clavio's most game-changing feature is its Facebook audiences integration, which helps your email list to sync up with your Facebook ad campaigns. So as you continue to scale up your store, Clavio will help automate a lot more sales. Try Clavio today on Clavio.com, spelt K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Hello, 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 listeners. Welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast show. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is the podcast show dedicated to rapid growth in online retail, not at the enterprise, neither at the micro retailer level. If you are gaining momentum and you want to 2X, 3X or 10X your e-commerce business, listen into the show, go back to, to old issues, subscribe and also leave us a review on your favorite podcast um, platform or, or podcast player. Basically, I handpick guests who come to this show and I ask them one question. They have to fit a criteria and before they, they come on this show. And the, the key criteria is can the guests I bring to this show actually provide valuable information and insights to help you, my listeners, actually rapidly grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales. If they can, I bring them on to the show. On today's episode, I have, it's it's really interesting. It's not necessarily going to be marketing focused. It's more futurist. I have with me the a co-founder of a blockchain technology specifically for e-commerce. Now, this blockchain technology sits on the Ethereum blockchain and um, it, it is quite interesting. They want to fundamentally change the way 
online retail is is done outside of Amazon, the way it's executed from a front-end perspective. I had a look at their white paper. I picked them up on Twitter. I reached out to them. And because, you know, this is an e-commerce, you know, um, podcast, I thought, okay, let's see what, um, you know, what this is all about, you know, what this blockchain technology is about. And they were happy to come on today's episode to, to talk about it. The name of the protocol is called SHOP. And um, basically, it's a decentralized data marketplace, apparently, that um, will potentially help retailers um, market more and also on the front end with customers, um, provide customers or, you know, customers with a wallet, you know, basically almost like a PayPal. And because, you know, customers have this wallet on the front end, it it, it, it pretty much um, will enable them, um, you know, um, shop at, um, you know, on websites that have this protocol and um, also allow customers provide their information information um, for you to better market to them. I've not done it sufficient justice, but that is kind of like the the gist. And and it, it is quite interesting. They're about to ICO. They just came back um, from the the conference, um, the, the very popular um, conference up by Southwest. And yeah, it's 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 a, it's a very very interesting platform. And um, I would you know encourage you to, to listen to this episode. You know, um, with the founder or co-founder, his name is John Once. It's it's a shop protocol. You know, and um, it's worth checking out. You know, it's worth checking out. The the website is shoppers dot shop um shoppers dot shop and um it, it is quite interesting with regards to you know how um their pre-launch at the moment and the pre-sale launch and they're going to launch the 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 um their their ico and ape on april 29th of 2018 i just felt that look um you know this is an e-commerce you know very e-commerce focused and retail focused blockchain um protocol blockchain ico and it's worth checking out if you're involved into retail so without further ado i'd like to introduce john once to to the show okay welcome to the show john um could you take a, a minute or less to introduce yourself absolutely john once um, i'm up in seattle washington i've been working in e-commerce and retail for about a decade um had a chance to start uh, an e-commerce company that um, worked on a lot of buy now experiences that twitter pinterest and facebook were, were rolling out in 2013 um, in 14, uh, after that, I was a product lead in Target's Innovation Group out of Minneapolis. Okay, and I see you're a mentor at Techstars. Yeah, I had an opportunity to um, help some of the um, retail um, cohort at, in Techstars grow. Um, one of those companies that I was a mentor of actually just got acquired by Bizarre Voice last month. And the other two are doing really well as well, uh, also. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so um, the reason you're here is um, I this just popped into, you know, my screen. I, um, I've been, you know, watching, um, you know, ICOs and um, I have seen the lack of, you know, um, ICOs related to, to retail and e-commerce in general. And um, some of the, 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 the ones I've come across are lackluster to, to say the list. But your proposition, having read your white paper, um, made 
sense, made some sense, made a lot of sense actually. And um, and so I reached out to you guys, um, and I really wanted to to, to speak with you because you are pre ICO right now, and you're very much into the entire e-commerce, you know, front end e-commerce experience, which is based off on your um, you know, shop protocol. Um, so. I'd, I'd like you to, in the lamest of terms, you know, describe what the protocol is all about, what it looks like, you know, end to end to to listeners. Um, so, um, and then we could dive into, you know, um, into more detail. Absolutely. So, um, you know, kind of got to start with a basic understanding of blockchain. So today, uh, brand and shopper data are stored in centralized servers. So PayPal servers, Amazon servers, Shopify servers. And that is that creates limitations around, you know, how how much uh, how how brands and shoppers can leverage their data, own their data and permission their data. And so we, you know, and that that ends up creating a lot of complicated economics in retail, um, where these centralizing authorities can impose uh, you know, tariffs and fees and for processing transactions and kind of owning 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 the transaction layer and being able to kind of operate as the middleman. So in order to try to decouple that leverage that they have um, from brands and shoppers, we we want to we we wanted to be able to move brand and shopper data down into the blockchain um, so that uh, no one could centralize and control that data again. And so what what we're doing with the shop protocol the shop protocol is more or less the the layer that manages the operations and the ins and outs of all of that brand and shopper data that needs to move in and out of the blockchain so out of the blockchain into a discovery app or a marketplace and when a transaction occurs it moves back through the protocol down into a blockchain so it's kind of operating um as like a, a commerce platform, we like to think of it as an operating system that runs on top of the blockchain for retail and commerce, um, and it manages it. What, what blockchain? What, um, Ethereum, smart, smart con. Could you? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Totally. So yeah. all the blockchains are very early, and um, Ethereum is the most popular. Um, we, we, we've looked at a lot. We have uh, a great relationship with a, a blockchain up here in Seattle called Archain. Mm-hmm. For right now, um, the, the the blockchains that that is farthest down the road that could support our use case is Ethereum. So we will be building on Ethereum and go to market on Ethereum. And we're excited for uh, the blockchain companies and, and foundations roadmaps to unfold. Um, you know, things like speed and performance and scale isn't isn't readily available in today's blockchain. So there's a lot of um, outside of the chain development that we have to do to support use cases because, you know, for a lot of reasons. Okay, so is this going to be a public ch- blockchain or a, a private one? But we, we, yeah, off, we will off be chain, sorry. Off chain. Great or... question. Yeah, um, we will be posting um, right now. Um, we're, we're entertaining putting all shopper data directly onto a public blockchain that will be extremely secure, cryptographically secure. Only only um, shoppers were able to move their data on or off the chain, and this is something a shopper may may or may even not know is actually occurring. We're going to make sure we productize it, make it very simple for people to know that at the end of the day, they just own and control the data. And then some of the brand data, so product imagery and some of the product data sets, it, it's just, it just doesn't make a ton of economic sense to put that onto onto a blockchain. So we're going to probably have um, some of the product data 
um, not necessarily transaction data. We want transaction data on chain for security purposes, but product data will probably, we will have that off chain, but we will have a record of what product data we have off chain. We'll at least, we'll at least post a, a hashed record of that off chain product data on the chain. Is a hash a reference? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. This makes sense. Okay. Right. Um, okay. So again, I'm going to try and break this to, to layman's terms, you know, um, for, for listeners, because I'm not everybody is aware of how the black blockchain works. So I'm going to give you a scenario, two scenarios here. Scenario one is what we currently have today. Um, I want um, a pair of, um, I want a pair of glasses or I want a pair of shoes. I go to Amazon right um i look i i search for the pair of shoes i want slippers you know brown slippers summer is coming or spring is coming and i put it in i look at the results um i look at the reviews and the results and then i go by the reviews and the results i check if you know i have the size if they have my size i select it you know put in my basket check out and the pair of shoes um, will be with me in two to three working days max mm-hmm. um in the world of dot shop, you know, um, post ICO, post your de- the deployment of, of the operating system of, of the protocol, what would shopping look like going forward? Great question. We, we would hope it would be as, as usual as a consumer, uh, as, as a consumer is used to today. We know that there's some, some delivery efficiencies that Amazon has with Prime. But um, we intend to support and allow for marketplaces um, to ride on top of the protocol mm-hmm. and provide modern retail experiences. We're not looking to reinvent um, the workflows from delivery times to product selection to checkout flows. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just wanting to um, allow for those existing experiences today to just ride on top of a backend infrastructure that doesn't, by nature, centralize all the brand and shopper data. So for so, example... So what would marketplaces need to change when they adopt yeah. the shop protocol? Say, for instance, Etsy s- decides to work with, with the shop protocol. What would it look like? What do they need to tweak in their backend to, to adapt? Great question. So we acquired uh, KingaShop.com. So Kinga was a influencer marketplace where it was kind of, it was like a an environment where an influential you know, social media user could invite some of their fans on and they could post about products and those people could buy right there natively in Kinga. Mm-hmm. And so that actual you know, use case of, of you know, Kinga ran 100% on Nordstrom's products and Amazon's products. So that doesn't work for us because we want we're, we're our, you know, our intent is to work with directly with brand, man, brand and manufacturers. So we moved off of um, Amazon and Nordstrom's data. And what we did is we, instead of pointing kind of Kinga's API towards consuming that product information, we pointed it towards the shop protocol. And so for an Etsy or a Kinga or um, any other marketplace that wants to access uh, brand feeds like product feeds or shopper data, we have a, a very simple REST interface. And so it's 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 as easy to build on as it would be to build on top of Shopify's API, um, and that's you know for a developer and a marketplace to be able to access new inventory and new brand products, and to be able to enable the shoppers that have a shop wallet to be able to check out in that environment. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where we spend a lot of time is making it very consumable for um, the existing kind of retail developer space. And there's a lot of use cases and a lot of understanding of how 
you know, data needs to move back and forth and how to facilitate checkouts and that we're going to make very, very easy for developers to do. Okay. So from my understanding, um, the drop, the, the drop shop protocol is likely to benefit brands and consumers the most they stand to benefit because what you're essentially doing is decentralizing you know um these centralized middlemen more or less um like the amazons you know the 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 paypals and you know major marketplaces and you want brands on the one hand to have as much information and share as much information into your decentralized you know um um you know um data port or you know api um and you want consumers on the other hand to own um as much um information you know um or as much as of their data as possible is, is that does that make sense and yeah as, could it, you, you flesh know, that out absolutely so as as a co-op so we're we're a washington washington state cooperative um we're in the business of economic benefit for brands and shoppers so that's our job Okay. And um, we're we we biased towards ensuring that as as those those constituents continue to meet each other inside of marketplaces and ad networks, that their value not be commoditized. And so, mm-hmm. um, I would hope that um, you know they would they would benefit. But we still need the ecosystem. We need retailers. We need marketplaces. We need ad networks to to help connect brands and shoppers. And so I think when we think about the economics, we're looking to create a more efficient marketplace. And so, you know, we do have incentives for third party marketplaces or ad networks or retailers to actually be part of the data exchange. So, for example, there's a couple kind of tier two retailers um, here in North America that are interested in, in developing on the protocol. And what that looks like is they would get access to the brands and shoppers data that is stored on the blockchain. And when a transaction occurs, if that retailer or if that app or that marketplace has additional information about that brand and shopper, for example, mm-hmm. let's say that it's a it, there's some way and they're 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 able to collect um, maybe a fit profile or gender or shoe size mm-hmm. and that that information doesn't currently exist in the protocol mm-hmm. we actually we actually will compensate them and we will pay them for helping us build out broader data sets about brands and shoppers and so mm-hmm. we're hoping that that collaborative relationship and those economics will incentivize um, ecosystem participation mm-hmm. from a data like from a data set growth standpoint and then ultimately you know, um, we hope that if brands have more information about how their how their products are performing, and they're able to have better turnaround times on product development, or have have tighter uh, supply chain visibility, because they now actually understand like what the sell through rates are in of uh, in these environments, or they understand more about their customers. Mm-hmm. We're ultimately we we hope that they'll be able to make better products. And that if it more efficiency, efficiency and throughput could occur in the market that ultimately would help retailers. We're not looking to displace any of the existing incumbents. We just want to create economic incentives so that the data that they're um, by nature storing and centralizing and keeping away from brands and shoppers, that we could we could we could have a better throughput in democratizing the sharing of that data and deleverage them from that. And some some ad networks or marketplaces will want to will want to 
participate and some won't. And we hope that over time, the more brands and shoppers that we collect in the co-op, we will bear more influence in the market and how they should or shouldn't respond to that collaboration. Okay. So Amazon controls about last time in, in you know last 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 year it was about forty four percent of all e commerce sales in the USA. Um obviously there's no way Amazon would want to share their data, you know, with 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 anybody does that mean you are you know um trying to to cater for the remaining 56 percent of the market um in terms of creating a very collaborative data exchange to you know just better improve efficiencies um in um in, in retail in in short yes um, you know, we don't we don't have some sort of integration, interoperability, or collaboration with Amazon on the roadmap by any means. What we're focused on is connecting with brands who want to sell direct to consumers. Okay. So we think that we think that there's a lot of other channels, and there's a, there 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 still is a window of time where brands who make products that consumers desire and love they have a shot to actually get to those consumers. And so, um, you know, one of the acquisitions that we've made is foxcommerce.com, which is a, uh, a web store platform similar to a Shopify or a Salesforce uh, commerce cloud um, solution. So, you know, whether it's selling direct to consumer um, or us integrating and us creating um, relationships with other marketplaces or ad networks to drive that discovery and demand, um, that's the work that's, that's where, that's where we'll, we will play ball. Um, we are talking to some of the other big mar- marketplaces mm-hmm. that are interested in this kind of collaborative relationships with brands and shoppers. You know, you'd be surprised, you know, in, in a call with one of the very, very big marketplaces here in the States, mm-hmm. they brought up the term morality and realizing that, you know, that what they're doing, the brands, uh, you know, isn't sustainable from a, from a morality standpoint. So, you know, I think, you know, Amazon is is only concerned about Amazon. You know, and I saw yesterday that um, I think everyone's aware of like the private lines in Amazon Basics that they're developing, mm-hmm. and you know they have something like forty four um, LLCs that are Amazon owned brands that they sell on the platform. Mm-hmm. And of of the Amazon brands, uh, apparel has been probably the hardest area for. Amazon to commoditize. Like if you look at things like batteries or Ethernet cables, you know, Amazon was able to look at the data from those third-party sellers mm-hmm. and rapid, rapidly commoditize their value and move them out of the marketplace. And now they have um, supply control and they have price control over those categories. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, yesterday I read that they're at about they're just at about 14% of all apparel on Amazon. And that includes the fact that Nike's now selling on there. 14% is Amazon own brands. Significant. Um, that's a yeah. significant chunk. Portion. I mean, if I if I had a guess, I'd say in twelve months we're going to be north of twenty five, maybe pushing on thirty percent. Like they're 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 acting to plan for sure. Mm-hmm. And because it becomes addictive and you know routine for customers to just get used to the to the habits of just you know um, you know buying certain brands on Amazon, which would be Amazon you know own brand. It's it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Okay, let's fast forward to or let's put another use case. Um, so for listeners who are still not quite there yet with regards to. So the value proposition, let's put a, a use case. And I think um, this one may, may help them. I'm a brand 
Right. I'm, so I'm, I'm a founder. I just started out an apparel brand. Um, it, like, um, I don't know, like I was selling yoga pants or, or leggings for females. Mm-hmm. And I approached, or I, I've decided to, so I'm going to run my sites on Shopify, for instance. Um, I'm doing a lot of marketing on Facebook. I'm doing a lot of marketing with influencers. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get as much press, you know, and attention as possible. Um, at what point should I consider adopting the shop protocol? And what benefits is it going to help me? Um, what benefits is it going to provide to help me grow, you know, and hit my target sales-wise? Great, great. So if you're just starting out and just all you really care about is top line sales, and that's mm-hmm. really all you should care about is developing great relationships with your customers, understanding your customers and, and growing. So I think, I think any brand should really care about the protocol when the protocol can start to actually generate income for it and, um, you know, add to its sell through. And so, you know, our job will be to go out and create those environments where we can drive consumer demand and drive conversions for, you know, for a brand really of any stage and size. And, you know, there are interestingly some bigger, more established brands that are interested in operating more holistically on the protocol today, but we're, we're spending a, a little bit more time on with some early stage brands because we like the the story of thinking about how if a brand who's just starting out actually has an opportunity to directly understand their customer and have access to all of that customer information through the customer permissioning it out and kind of doing that value exchange with the customer at the point of sale. We think that that could dramatically change like a designer's thinking and a designer's approach to market. And so, uh, you know, for for us, we, we don't want to create like unnatural behavior where you know, there's, there's more work to be done. We're making it really easy for, for a brand to move their data into the protocol so that we can drive more sales for them. So I, I think that, you know, any brand should just stay aware of the kind of upside um, and consumer insights that they could, that could be made available through the protocol and just make a decision as to when, you know, when, uh, when the time's right for, to be, to add it. You know, we've, we've integrated with all leading e-com platforms. So, it's going to be really easy for a brand to move its data over and they can maintain all their existing workflows, sell through Amazon, sell on Shopify, but think about, okay. you know, integrating. Uh, integrating. Uh, okay. so, yeah. so, so, so there, there are two points I'm going to just, you know, dig further into. One is, are the data points a brand will provide the shop protocol and, and the other are still the benefits for growth, um, you know, to, to any business, you know, um, so, but let, let's 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 touch base on the first, which is you know really um, you know the the, the brand, if if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the data points that that it needs to integrate? exactly to 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 provide you know quite openly to to the protocol. What, what, yeah. What, okay. So there's just there's there's two things that need to happen. One is we just need to gain access to your products, mm-hmm. and then the the second is we we just need to understand the permissioning associated with those products. And so permissioning is you know what kind of channels can we put them into? What kind of uh, incentives can we make available to shoppers? You know what kind of ad networks or marketplaces can we move in move them into? And we turn those permission those permissions into smart contracts, mm-hmm. so that then your product data is just accessible to the market. So rather than you having to think about all those things, if you can just set the rules for the kind of margin you'd like to see, the kind of sites that you do or don't want to be on, and we're going to make this as easy as possible for brands. Um, 
will do the rest. The protocol will do the rest. Okay, you know, let, let's let's take let's go to the next step. Now, what yep. the protocol do with the data? Yep, um, we'll, we will have an uh, ecosystem of partnerships with marketplaces or ad networks um, or consumer, you know, retail experiences, where we then will send your product data up into those environments and allow for transactions and beneficial experiences to occur. Whether that's you know discovery experiences where shoppers can um, get exposed to your products or a you know, marketplace environment where maybe they can convert and transact those products. It's our job to um, partner with... So, so, so is this more like multi-channel e-commerce, you know, multi-channel marketing, basically, where but, you know, you're, you're going to go to marketplaces, you're going to go to channels, and you're going to promote these products? That, that in, in short, yeah. You know, shopping is discovery through transaction. That's kind okay. of the way I look at okay. it. And okay. so it's, you know... We're we're accountable for supporting both both ends of the spectrum for the brands and the co-op. Okay, okay. And then what you do is you write them a check. You you give them you know monies for for all the revenue you're able to generate. Uh, yeah, the, uh, we won't be using checks. We'll be using our our cryptographic uh, your, your our crypto token. token. Okay. Yeah, but um, in short, yes. Uh, you know that's you know that, that's our job is driving driving new economic benefit for, benefit for those brands. Okay, makes sense. And then um, beyond that, I also is what about inventory management? Um, do, do, would you have any access to the inventory, or um, would it, would you just you have to because um, once you can't sell what's run out? Yeah, those mm-hmm. those integrations that we have. Um, so. There's a previous venture that, that some of the team members and myself worked on called mm-hmm. Commerce. And what Commerce did is we powered some of the early buy now experiences inside of Twitter and Facebook. Okay. And so what that looked like is we we did all the back back um, back end plumbing with like Shopify, Magento, Demandware at the time, mm-hmm. IBM, and uh, we can do we can uh, we've acquired all that that um, code and intellectual property. Okay. And there's an interesting patent associated with all that, and we've. We can actually just, you can use your existing systems and we can just integrate with them and move that product catalog and move that product information over into our environment. Okay. And if, and if your inventory updates on Shopify, for example, we will see that and then we will, we will persist that um, okay. over our, in our environment. Okay, so from a front-end customer point of view, what are they going to see in you know in these marketplaces or you know, in these channels? Are they going to see the brand or are they going to see shop? Good question. They'll see that they'll see the brand. Um, you know, the first the first marketplace that's deploying on the platform is kangashop.com. How do you so spell King, K-A-N-G-A okay. dot shop. And what Kinga is is um, Kinga used to run on influencer data, uh, run on Amazon and Nordstrom product feeds, and now it's just running on the shop protocol. And um, Kinga is a fee-less marketplace. And so brands don't pay any sort of referral fees or listing fees to sell on Kinga. It's 100%, you know, fee-less. And then, um, those are brand direct relationships. So this is, you're selling direct to consumer and, um, the, the, the consumer gets to know your brand buy direct from you in the third party marketplace, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, the only time that the brand shop comes into play is just at the checkout for the consumer. So how we're coming to market for, for from a consumer standpoint, um, and this might kind of help explain some of how the blockchain comes in all this is, you know, we're coming to market as a, as a wallet for consumers. And so the shop wallet, we hope con- for consumers to start seeing in a multitude of environments. And that's where... Which is like a Google wallet or a PayPal or... Um... Exactly. 
Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So you're, you're managing pretty much two things inside of the wallet. One is you're managing your balance of your tokens. Um, and then you're managing in addition to that, you'll also be managing kind of your credit card information. And then you're, and then you're also managing what we call persona and persona is all of the information about you, whether it's your shopping habits, your marketing data, your shipping information, everything that uniquely defines you to a brand. So, and, so it's so it's a combination of a of a um, of a loyalty card, and um, you know, and a credit card, all in one, but with crypto. So that's that's a that's a way that's a way we like to think about it. Okay. And so at, at the point of sale, you know, if the brand wants to, if a brand who manufactures products for you wants to know you and understand you, they can give you a discount or a reward for you to share some or all of your persona information. And so we're going to make that really easy and simple. Like if if mm-hmm. you're a very meaningful. Uh, inside of a very meaningful demographic and a brand wants to have a good, rich understanding of you and a long-term relationship, Mm -hmm. they probably want to know more about you. And so they'll probably pay you more in tokens for that information. And then if, if you're, if you're maybe just like a regular shopper and you're maybe you buy a product once a year and you don't have a very meaningful persona profile, uh, you may not get a huge discount. And so we're not setting those discounts or those tiers. We're going to let kind of the free market between brands and shoppers play that out. Um, but we, but, but that, that shopper information, that's a really good example of that's all of the data today that like Facebook, Google, Amazon is consuming about us. Yeah. And, and we're even kind of nervous to show consumers how much information we're just going to be easily collecting on them or that they're going to be filling out or that we're going to integrate from other sites that we're getting data from to put it back down into okay. their into their area on the blockchain. Okay. And it's going to be alarming, I think, to see how much value they're able to, able to create off of so, that. So, so I suppose um, post-ICO, the challenge would be, um, obviously you have a chicken and egg, you know, um, situation in which, um, which are you going to, you know, which which comes first, you know, getting as many brands on board or, you know, getting as many customers. But I suppose you want to get as many customers on board um, using the wallet. So, you know, that's an incentive for, you know, um, brands to switch up channels because I'm sure they already manage, you know, all their, all the channels, most of the channels you're going to be on. But um, if they know that consumers are using the wallet in the first place, they, it's more of an incentive for, for them to say, you know what, um, let's give, um, you know, full control to the shop protocol to, to manage, you know, um, you know, our marketing on, on, on all marketplaces and, um, you know, in all channels. Is, is that, um, you know... Yeah, that's that's definitely the way we're thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. we think that the first, you know, um, the first marketplace in Kinga, what we have, we have a, a team going out acquiring brands for that environment. But yeah. but you know, until we have massive consumer demand, um, you know, it, it's it's not going to be extremely economically like motivating for a brand to adopt the protocol. And so it's complete chicken and egg. But what's great about kind of um, being able to use the token is of we're, we're, we're minting and creating, um, 1 billion tokens mm-hmm. and we're going to use 450 million of those tokens to incentivize shoppers for discounts and rewards. And okay. we're going to, we're going to do that over eight years. So we're, we have, if, if you're, you're, you're correct in thinking of it as like a loyalty program, mm-hmm. um, we intend to kind of put our foot on the gas as it, as it pertains to customer acquisition over the next eight years with the wallet. Mm-hmm. Um, to drive that demand. And then we also are setting aside around 350 million tokens to incentivize the 
brands and then the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so our compensation strategies on how we attract people early versus mm-hmm. how we compensate them long-term will, will shift, but okay. um, we're, we're able to create the economic benefit for someone to join the network early okay. um, because there could be kind of meaningful upside in the amount of data that they could collect over time. Okay. Just rounding up now, um, is the token going to be, um, how are you going to value the token? Is it going to appreciate or um, is it going to be a security token or is it going to be, what's the second um, type of token? Um, I have, I, I'm not that good, but um, is it is it going to be at parity to the US dollar or um, how are you going to value, put value to the token Good question. Yeah, there's there's kind of two utility versus is it, is it a utility token or a security token? Sorry. Great, great question. So let's start. Let's start there, and then we'll talk about valuing. So, mm. um, uh, you know, today before before the the tokens minted, um, we we have accredited investors here in the states, and then some folks globally um, that are interested in acquiring the the token before it's available. And though, and and today that would be a security transaction. Um, at the point of minting it, um, we will have environments where you can use the token in Kinga and inside of Fox and inside of the shop wallet. And at that point, it will become a utility and it will be a utility thereafter. And so uh, we have, um, we've spent uh, about eight months and a lot of time doing diligence around this specific area. And we have a, um, a former SEC regulator that's come on as our in-house counsel to to really make sure that we're navigating this appropriately and doing everything above board. And we're very, we're very comfortable in the position that we've taken as it pertains to this being utility token after okay. it's available. As it pertains to pricing it, um, we're price agnostic. So um, when we release the token, we're doing a reverse auction. Um, and so the price over 30 days will decline from $19.99 all the way down to a penny and at the moment that we actually sell out of 100 million tokens, at whatever price that the, the auction is at that day, we will then lock in everyone's purchase orders at that price. And then we're letting, and at that point, we're letting the market price it. Okay. We, think, we think that you know, some of these token events that, that they actually come out and try to price it and control the price from the onset, that feels uh, too, secu- too much like a security for us. And so from a utility standpoint, this being kind of the in-network currency and utility to exchange value, we wanted the network participants to price that value from the onset, and then um, we will we will respond to kind of market pricing thereafter as it pertains to how to manage the token price. Okay, all right, makes makes a lot of um, sense there. Um... Yeah, so you are currently just looking at your website. You're currently on pre-ICO, um, and um, you're on pre-sales ICO. You're you're on a pre-sale up until the 23rd of April 2018, um, and then how much are you looking to raise? Um, you know, um, in your ICO. We, we, we have models that have us, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking rationally because as I mentioned, with letting the market price the token, that will obviously um, impact what our total raise ends up being. And so, you know, we have models of what it will look like to raise anywhere from 15 million to 40 million to 50 million. And then we've, you know, have some moonshot models of like, Hey, what if everything sells out day one at that 1999 price, which would be 2 billion, you know, the, 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 the use of funds, uh, we're going to, we have a pretty clear graph that's going to be coming online 
um, probably early next week that it really shows practically, you know, in the world of retail, if we're going to try to recapture value back from the ad networks and marketplaces, Mm -hmm. this could, this could be, um, a, a costly endeavor. And, you know, we can move pretty aggressively into reclaiming some of that value for brands and shoppers through uh, acquisitions or some pretty strategic partnerships, um, you know, or if it's more of a, of a five, 25, 40, 50 million dollar raise, there could be some more pragmatic approaches to market that would allow for us to scale over time. So we're, we're really kind of prepared to come to market um, in with the amount of funding that the market really determines the price this the token at. Okay, it's it's it's, it's great you have you know a plan you know um you know, for a worst case scenario plan and you know um a best case scenario plan. So yeah, um sounds good. Still sounds good. You know to me it makes a lot of sense. Um you know and you know I just wish you the very best on here. Um yeah, thank you so much, John, for for joining the show and um for for letting our, our you know um just letting our listeners know a lot more about the shop protocol absolutely i appreciate it thank you cheers thank you so much for joining me on today's episode to download the show notes and read the full transcripts and to find previous episodes of the show head over to 2xecommerce.com forward slash podcast also be sure to follow me on twitter my handle is kone t campbell and the 2x e-commerce handle is at 2x e-commerce if you want to find out more about um, John and his shop protocol, head over to their website, shoppers.shop. And um, they are um, their handle on Twitter is underscore shoppers shop on Twitter. You could follow them on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much again. And if you haven't already, please write us a review and subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast because um, it helps us, you know, reach more people. If you like today's episode, also share it with your friends on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. 2X e-commerce is produced by me, Kune Campbell, with the help of Boban Markech. Thank you all for listening. Do have a good one and catch you next week. Bye-bye. So that was a wrap on this week's episode of 2X e-commerce. Remember, you can catch me every week and also send your questions and comments on Twitter using the hashtag 2X e-commerce. Keep yourself in the loop by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. It only takes a few seconds and it means you'll get the most up-to-date episodes to help you grow your online store. Do have a good one till I catch you on the next show. Bye-bye.